Hi. <laughs> I wanted to do that because I don't even remember the last time I re- recorded a podcast. Um, and since I just got done recording, like doing like my first ASMR video, um, which I'm super proud of, like this shit is addicting going back, listening to yourself, hearing yourself whispering stuff, but I'm really proud of that. So I was just kind of messing around with that, trying to figure out, see how that was going to go. And then I had my phone out and I already felt super artistic and inspired. So I was just like, let me make a podcast. Cause I actually have something I want to talk about. Um, so today's title of the podcast is going to be called I Changed My Fucking Mind or I Changed My Mind. The fucking I added impromptu like at that very second. But I changed my mind. And I think the reason why I want to talk about this like right now at this specific moment is because there's so many things that I'm like changing my mind about, like drastically changing my mind about. And now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it's not so much drastic as it is such a swift judgment call for a lot of things right now and though like I'm not able to actively make a swift judgment like I'm not my actions are not at this moment my actions are not able to reflect my inner judgments perfect that was executed perfectly I'm giving myself a pat on the back but yeah at this very moment you know how you make commitments to things and especially if you're stubborn or you're just a hard ass, you want to stick to your commitments, you want to stick to your word. I'll never be the type of girl that just gets up and just like wakes up one day and it's like, oh, I want to, you know, become an ASMR YouTuber and like stops going to school and dedicates like every hour of every day to becoming the best ASMR girl. Like I'm never going to be that person. Um, Just because my brain doesn't work that way and there's nothing wrong with that. But hopefully me processing and talking through my experience like more with the inner part of it maybe that will help someone even get the wheels turning on making different decisions than they ever expected in their lives like and I talked I talked a little bit like I attended a little bit on this and um ambition prelude to beauty which has non-listens yay Yay! I'm not even gonna commit to making any type of auditory, um, any type of auditory edits. Because I, I was about to say I'm gonna put in the claps, the hand claps right there, and I'm no, I'm not, I'm not. That's my hand claps in my audience. Yeah, right there. Um, but I'm very proud of that too. But I hinted at that a little bit. But I didn't, I didn't really, I was talking about so many different things then that there ain't no way that I really got into the nitty gritty of anything besides exactly what I was talking about. That wave that I caught towards the last 30 minutes. But yeah, so, so much has um, changed even since then, or so, so much of my thinking has changed even since then. You know, and I'm trying to, you, I'm trying to practice um, vulnerability because it's like if I don't, if I'm not vulnerable with somebody, like I'm gonna I'm combust. And so, who best to be vulnerable with than people that you don't know? That's the whole idea of therapy, right? So this is like my therapy. Um, but as you know, as the days went on from that podcast, me being the chronic thinker that I am, I have a horrible migraine right now. Shout out to me. Um, 
I just started to think more and more about like what are the limiting beliefs that I have? Like what are the things that um are holding me back in my life? And it wasn't so much of like actual things that I'm doing, but more so thought patterns. And that's something that like spirit and spiritually they talk about like abundance blockers and things like that. Um, I'm sure in, you know, level up groups, they call it you being a dusty or pick me. Um, but like there's so many different ways to go about just saying that like you have limiting thought patterns and limiting belief systems that's preventing you from getting to where you want to go. And a lot of it is like emotional expectations, emotional baggage, um, social expectations and projections that you've accumulated over the past, however long that you've been alive. And yo, let me fucking tell you something. I had no idea that so much of the things that I believed about myself and I believed about this world were not informed by me. They were usually informed by some random bitch who has a bachelor's degree on YouTube, um, some random person who's just writing for some sensationalized blog. Like I even went a little bit farther back and thought, what, what are the things that my parents like ingrained into me? And lo and behold, it wasn't much. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a podcast like, um, and I keep saying that there's, I'm going to do like, um, like kind of mental health history, podcast type thing or like mental health slash trauma recovery podcast type not podcast but um actual episode like that but I haven't found when I'm gonna do it that's something that I would like to construct a little bit better but that's neither here nor there but when I went back and I even thought about that I was like not many of my decisions in life in general have been deeply informed by myself And then when I went even a step further, I thought, well, what about my attitudes? What about the way that I've treated people, whether it be good or bad? And that hasn't even been informed by myself. That's been informed by um, systems of creation like karma or spirituality, quote unquote, or, you know, self-help or even listening to bitches on Twitter who are supposed to be gurus. So it's just like. Have I ever made a decision for myself? Have I ever wanted to do something just for myself? And have I actually executed it and done it? And is this what is expected of me? Or is this something that I really want? And sadly, a lot of the things that I've done in my life have either been what I thought people were expect, what I thought people expected of me. And I want to pause for a second there because often we only think of when we when we think of that saying what people expect of you, we think of the good shit. But a lot of my behavior in my life has been me doing what I think people expect of me, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, because I didn't know what to think about myself. And since my perception of myself was only accumulation of what I thought other people's perception of me was, I was constantly doing what I thought people thought my character should do. And. In that, I became a character of other people's plays. I became a character of other people's shows. And I talked a little bit about this in my previous podcast, like no longer deciding to be a supporting character in in people's plays of life because I have my own play. And just because I've decided I was deciding not to direct, I was deciding to sit it out. I was deciding to be in the passenger seat. That doesn't mean that the play wasn't going on. So here I am now, uh, you know, my, my grand old age, 24, you know. Granted, some of the things that we do that are expected of us are things that just are actually just benefit us. And that's just, I think, by uh, sheer luck. 
sheer luck that, you know, it just so happens that me going to school has been a benefit for me. It's been a benefit for my social life. I've learned how to network. I've learned how to be a leader. I learned how to be someone that people can depend on. Um, There's so many great things that I learned about being from school. I learned that I actually enjoy school. Now, getting into the I changed my mind piece. I also learned that I'm going to be one of those people that probably take school extremely slow because I have other ways that I can go about making revenue streams even after I get my degree and before that I would like to explore um, as opposed to putting all my eggs in the basket of a degree. I just don't think that that would be smart for me. And so I changed my mind about wanting to speed through school. I was just like, no, I don't want to speed through school. I don't want to because I don't think people. Okay, so. I think since we're in a world full of creatives and we're in a world full of people who are like adverse to school um, and who are averse to uh, just general education, I don't think a lot of people emphasize enough because I think a lot of nerds feel (laughs) not even just nerds, but just like professional students feel they feel pretentious when they talk about either their their school qualifications, how much they like school. They feel like nerds and outsiders and geeks, which has been the age old tale. Excuse me, I'm I'm getting over cold. Or, you know, they just in general don't feel like there's any place in the conversation because it's just not cool. I'm here to tell you that being in school is cool, one. Um, it's going to be really, really cool when you graduate and, and you don't have to worry about making a way for yourself. That way it's already made for you. And also, I think it's cool because it takes a lot of work. And I didn't realize how much work school took until I got my ass in. And that's because people don't talk about how hard school is because a lot of times people are embarrassed. A lot of times people are embarrassed to say that they're having trouble in school because, you know, you got someone like me who is going to turn their nose up at you and ask you, are you studying enough? Are you taking too many classes? Um, Which is not always a bad thing. People like me bring balance into this world. You feel me? But, um... Or you have people who are like, well, you could you could be doing this or you could be doing that. School ain't that hard. And, da, 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 da. and I think those are both, you know, very extreme ends of the spectrum. But I didn't realize how hard school is and how much of accomplishing accomplishment it is to have finished school, to have finished anything in this world, especially in a world where it's always start, drop, start something again, drop, start something again, drop. You know what I'm saying? Classic capitalism just sped up in our time of technology. Is to complete anything is amazing. And so for that, I would like to continue and complete school. But I changed my mind about how long it's going to take me to get through school. Because if I were to stay on the path that I'm on right now, I could have my PhD by the time that I am 31, 32 years old. That's if I stay on the path that I was on right now. Instead, I've kind of lengthen that out a little bit. And I'm just like, what if, let's just say, I know I'm going to get my PhD. Let's just say I'm going to complete school to the final level. And let's just say that by by the time I'm 45, I would like to at least be pursuing my doctorates because I know 20 years is more than a long enough time for me to collect my coins, my collect my 200, my 200 million pass go get my master's and do everything I need to do to be gearing up to to the point in my life where I'm going to be retiring Maybe having all my ducks in a row, having my, all my investments and things, um, owning or starting to accumulate properties and art to where I can sit back and say, you know what? I got my my forms of income, my stream, different streams of income coming in. I want to focus on my doctorates. 
But I don't know how productive it is in this society today in 2019 for me, someone pursuing um, a human science, social science, specifically geared, it's specifically looking into um, criminals. And I don't know how much of an informed decision it would be for me to make for myself to pursue that and be a professional student. Being a professional student is like, I would say, a full-time job. And anything I do outside of this, even a job that makes me money, is going to be part-time, is going to be secondary to what I'm doing right now. And that doesn't allocate me a whole bunch of time to do things that I actually enjoy. Like a perfect example was when I did my little ASMR drive run through thing. As soon as I got done, as soon as I was halfway through watching the video, I was like, okay, I want to go again. I want to do it again. I haven't felt like that since I started writing or since I started writing poetry. And that was like maybe four, six, seven years ago. And I really haven't written much poetry because... I was writing poetry at a interesting time in my life. I don't think it was dark. Everybody around me think it was dark. And we won't get into that too. But um, I would say one of the more interesting parts and times in my life. I had a lot more shit going on to dig deep into, pull out for (laughs) some poetry, child. But I haven't felt that. I haven't felt that insatiable need to want to get back up and create something, get back up and create something and perfect it and create it and put it out there so people can consume it and enjoy it with me. I haven't felt that need in a long time. And I think that's because it is very hard for me to have two or three tracks in my mind. And there was no way for me to consolidate anything else into the track of with, with being a professional student. And so I feel like being a part-time student and doing um and doing maybe full-time or part-time YouTube podcast any type of artistic work seems more valuable to me and it seems more it, it seems like with it'll be more of a short-term lucrative lucrative investment that I get a return on as opposed to being a professional student especially once you start to get in between that MBA and PhD ain't no money it ain't no money Unless you're working for some type of privatized company doing some shit that you're not going to want to be doing. And it ain't going to be for the greater good. I'm not hung up on that. Um, I planned on getting a six-figure job amongst leaving with my bachelor's, which was I'm sure that was going to happen for me just because the the accolades I'm already accumulating a year into school, me getting a six-figure job out of of, um, my four-year degree wouldn't be hard. But then I thought I'm like, I know I can. I know if I put my nose to the grindstone, I'm releasing two video, two or three videos a week for a year. YouTube, I know I could make that same amount of money, and it would be sooner. And then I can also focus on school. So if I decide to use my degree, when I decide to use my degree, that's just another stream of income, definitely, right? And I would not have been able to have that thought process had I still continued to focus on the things that my mother expects from me, the things that my family expects from me, the things that my friends expect from me, when in all actuality, are they meeting any of my expectations? I'm just being honest. Are your friends meeting your expectations on a daily? Absolutely the fuck not. I know our parents ain't meeting our expectations. So it's just like, why is it that 
I give a fuck about their expectations of me when I'm not even sure if they're thinking about my expectations of them. Now, if you would like to play psychological semantics and weigh the pros and cons and look out, you know, look a look up inward motivation versus outward motivation and behavior and actions and all that shit, that's fine. I'm not doing the psychological duck duck goose with nobody. What I've learned is, is that I feel like, especially at the age that I'm at now, 24, literally, it's a blessing that I had this wake-up call at this age, as opposed to having this wake-up call at 45, 55, like a lot of brown and black and brown women, even yellow women, I'm not going to call it, y'all know what I'm talking about, because I don't like using people of color, but black, brown Yellow being Asian, not in a derogatory way. Just want to make sure. They they were so worried about the expectations that the world, their family, their friends were placing on them that they did not get to fulfill their destiny. And now they're scurrying along in a society that is ageist, sexist, racist. I mean, just every, everything is stacked against them. And... I don't have to be in a position like that. I was on my way to a position like that. I was on my way to get married, knowing goodness damn well, I don't want to get married. I was on my way to having kids, not realizing now that I don't have the personality for a parent. Um, And I wish my parents would have known that. But once again, trying to fulfill societal expectations, trying to fulfill societal expectations and it puts everybody in a fucked up position. You're tying everybody's arms up without even knowing it. I would be tying my kids' hands behind their backs, having a child. And that's just me being honest. I would be mentally and emotionally tying their hands behind their back before they even learned how to walk. If I decided with my personality, my level of selfishness, my level of irritability, my level of wanting to just get up and do whatever the fuck I want to, I don't give a fuck what you're doing. That's just my personality. And if I know that about myself, I'm not going to put myself in a position to be having kids with nobody. And if my family can't understand that, that's on them. They get the fuck up their lives. I get to save mine. You don't owe nobody an explanation for a goddamn thing concerning your, your health and well-being. And that's just that. Um, so recently, I went up to New York. And this is another epiphanal moment. I'm having a lot of epiphanal moments, but that's too, I think, because I'm actually taking out the time, specifically at this moment, to really, 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 really get my shit together and really start doing the shit that makes Zara happy. Fuck what everybody else is saying. So I went to New York to go see an art school. So glad I went to New York to go see this art school because one... Not interested in living in New York on an artist's salary. Sorry. I was seeing the way that the fucking upper middle class was living in New York. And they were walking around with book bags riding a train. Not interested. Um, also, didn't too much care for the area that FIT is in. Um, yeah. New York's a very surreal place. It's a very beautiful place. Um, but would I want to live there? No. Fucking God sick as a dog coming back from New York. I knew that was going to happen. Um, I, I feel fucking retarded that I didn't even, I didn't take the airborne that I had sitting in my closet. Um, got sick as a dog coming back. Um, 
got treated with some real vile racism from a couple of our folks. Um, not, not, not my folks. They were not indigenous. They were not African-American. They were not Irish. Um, it was a Latin man in an Asian restaurant. Them people up in New York are real funny. Them colored folks up in New York are real funny. That's why I'm people of color. What is that? That doesn't exist in certain parts of the world in most parts of the world. Let's talk about it. And another thing was New York was extremely segregated, which I also didn't like because me, it, it is so crazy because me living in Atlanta these past couple of years here and in Florida, those are not very well. Florida is segregated, but Atlanta is not a segregated place. You have to start going out into like even beyond Hiram, because I think Hiram got, has Indians and um, maybe a few Mexicans and Guatemalans, definitely some Asians out there. And even when you go into the suburbs of Atlanta, like you're getting West Indians, you're getting um, Buford Highway, which is Asians. And, and and even though that's a majority Asian area, my school is still out there. That is still a very, very, very large Indian area, still a very large um, La, um, Latino area or Hispanic area. So I'm not used to being in segregated places. I'm definitely not used to places where I can't go and eat. They refusing me service to eat and stuff. Like 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 we in like the eighteen ninety like eighteen ninety two internment camps and shit. Not interested. Um, and so that whole experience kind of opened up my eyes because it 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 allowed me to see. Because at first I'm like, have I been disillusioned? And it's hard to disillusion me. Like I'm just somebody who live in their own world. That bothers people because they live in this harsh reality. I don't. That's a decision that they make for themselves. We all got our own minds, our own prerogative motives. One of my main motives is to remain positive and on the bright side. I don't have time to be depressed, worried about all these different alternative realities that everybody got. But at first, I'm like, I've been disillusioned, which was a bummer um, because that doesn't happen often. Um and then, I, and then I thought, I'm like, have I been disillusioned or have my expectations been disillusioned? Because now that I'm thinking back on it, I actually like New York. I love New York. Just not a place for me to live. Um, and then I realized my expectation of me thinking I was going to be going to school in New York to get the school artsy life experience. And I'm like, and struggle and be miserable and da, da, da. That's the expectation that got disillusioned. I don't have to live that way. I don't have to live in New York. I don't have to be an art student. I don't have to go into any more debt for school. Like, those are all personal choices that I can make for myself. And so once I realized that, I was just like, yeah, no, not going to happen. So that was kind of like the start of like a snowball effect. And... I mean, among other things, I've realized too, well, career-wise, nothing's really changed. Career-wise, I'm just much more clear on what it is that I want to do. Oh, and that's what I wanted to bring up about the social sciences and stuff like that. And this is for anybody who's studying like psychology, anthropology, um, sociology, and I'm missing, um, it's not an ology. Just like a history or history or literature majors too. Um, hold on, I'm sorry, y'all. My brother texted me telling us, "Can I come?" Mom, 
खोलकर I know this is so uh oh that was so ghetto i'm so sorry y'all my brother trying to play hooky at work because it's halloween season he work at party city and he got sick for me bless his little heart but he was up in new york with me but he didn't get sick until after my sickness passed like a true virus it's it got it came right out of me and hopped his ass right up on him um but yeah, I want to just talk about this. Our social culture is changing so much. I'm almost positive they're about to have us rewrite the history books, child. Um, which is good because there's a couple things that need to be added and a couple things that need to be redacted. Um, but specifically to the people who are focusing on criminal, like who are focusing on criminal rehabilitation, drug abuse rehabilitation, any type of mental health stuff, I would strongly reconsider. <clears throat> I would strongly reconsider your major. Strongly reconsider your major or strongly reconsider the um, focus of your major because um, you are either going to be work working with the system that is trying to keep uh, indentured, not indentured servitude, basically chattel slavery job, but trying to keep this prison system alive or you're going to be working for the side that is trying to abolish the prison system. I do not think we're going to be anywhere on the in-between, the in-between swing of things, probably for the next 50 to 100 years, when people actually want to come up with logical solutions. Um, I, it's, going to be, it's going to be nearly impossible not to get caught up in that crossfire. And that's why I'm in no rush to get my PhD in hierarchical, um, hierarchical organization. I'm in no rush to get this master's in abnormal psychology. Because more than likely, I'm going to end up being on the research side for the next 20, 30, 40 years if I were to decide to go into that field of work. Because the, the, the needle mark on, on, the, on the criminal system, the criminal behavioral system, the needle mark on the drug abuse system, the needle mark on the mental health system is moving. But you know how capitalism works. And capitalism, everything gets, everything gets worse before it gets better. Everything gets worse before it gets better. The drug, not the drug abuse thing, the drug addiction pen is not necessarily moving, but I think we've seen the we've seen the worst. Um, we've seen the worst with drugs because, to be honest, we haven't gotten any dr new drugs in the past thirty years. And I, I know we want to say Molly is new, but Molly is just MDMA, which is on the the periodic table. Um, so it's not new. The configuration of fast Molly is new. Um, it getting it being all over the world was a new thing. But MDMA has always been a Netherlands club drug, and like it's ex it's ecstasy. It's the compound for ecstasy, and ecstasy has been around since the eighties or nineties. So I don't see us getting any new drugs um, unless we get. An, a, another opiate craze where it's it's at this time like it's diet pills again you know something like that that's how we'll continue to have waves of drug crises but once again drug addiction is an epidemic and it's a disease and so depending on the environment that contributes to the likelihood of an epidemic spreading or starting to begin with 
But when it comes to criminal behavior and childhood trauma and childhood mistreatment, all those things, um, the needle mark is not moving fast enough for me. And I think that that's something that every scientist, that's something that every um, social worker, that's something that all those public servitudes, especially the, the these are public servant jobs that are mentally wearing. Like these are some of the most public servant jobs that are mentally wearing outside of police, firefighters, doctors and nurses and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like you literally are seeing someone die every day or you're researching like I'm doing a I'm doing a paper on a research paper on suicide and violent criminals. That shit fucked me up for a whole couple of days. Just researching the shit. So to give yourself over, give your mind and your spirit and your being over to that type of job just for the needle mark to not be moving the way that it really should be moving in this such a progressive society, quote unquote, I would seriously, seriously reconsider what you are going to dedicate your life to and what hill you're going to die on. Because it's not the patience that the needle mark ain't moving. It's, it's the system. And systematically, I just don't see a lot of the black and brown women who enter into these um, who enter into these type of corporate environments, who enter into these type of uh, career environments. I don't see the flourishment. I see a lot of self-sacrificing and I don't like that. And I realized that a big part of the, my expectation, my whole expectation breakdown tower moment, you know what I'm saying, came from the fact that. For as a black, as a, as, as a woman, let's start there. You already got three things that people expecting from you. That you already have three things that people are going to expect from you. That's to always be happy to be married and to have kids. And then when you add being a minority woman, specifically an indigenous or African, the indigenous or of indigenous or African descent woman, you got a whole nother soiree of problems where people are expecting you to do stuff. Even your family will project their expectations onto you because they had their family project them onto you. So I just don't know how I feel about black and brown women going into more of these mammy roles, whether it be an emotional mammy, a mental mammy, an actual physical one. We don't need no more black nurses, y'all. We don't need no more black therapists. We don't need no more black social workers. How many of our how many of our sisters and brothers have fucking lost their social lives to the system of social work? Trying to save kids from a system that's fucking broken. I just don't I, I'm I, I'm a strong proponent of black women doing millennial jobs. I'm a strong proponent of indigenous women doing millennial jobs. Let's get to these executive jobs. Let's get to these um, vice president jobs, these HR, these head of HR, like even. OK, so perfect. This is a perfect segue. So I realized I was like, OK, soon I'm going to be graduating with my associates in anthropology. What can I do with that? What's a, what's a little cute gig that I can get into that's going to make me $60,000 a year? It'd be enough for me to pay my rent, get my own car. Um, put more money into my art, my artistic endeavors, HR. I could go into social work. I could go into working, um, for APD, you know, I could go into doing that type of stuff or I could just do HR. And then I thought, okay, well, I love the music industry. 
I've always wanted to help artists. Why not go into HR for a little indie, a little indie record label? Then I get the networking, I get the exposure, I get the experience, and I get to do something using my using my degree. So all bases are covered, and I bet you I'm fucking gonna be clearing six figures. So it's just like, don't throw away your degree, don't throw away what you want to do. But the service in the, the service oriented jobs for women of color, not fucking with them. I don't want to see no more. I don't want to see no more Mexican girls cleaning. I don't want to see no Asian. I don't want to see Asian women owning more or owning more beauty supply stores and nail salons if that's not what they want to do. I don't want to see no more black women being nurses and social workers and teachers and therapists and you know got a captain fucking come save the world. I've seen that make black women very bitter. I have black women in my life who I feel like are bitter because they always on hand and foot for somebody. I, it can't be me. I'm not doing it. And that was one of them epiphanal things where I was just like, I, I want to help people. I want because I think everybody in this world should want to help do something. Or even if you don't want to help people, because I don't always want to help people. You just want to help make the system run smoother. Help create a new system. Help make everybody's lives easier. You know what I'm saying? But... To make a job out of that, no more, I say. No more. No more. Because what I find is the reason why we're not able, or the reason why I feel like we're not able to get on equal footing with our mates is because while they were, while they've been kind of able to like ascend the plantation stud role, the over-sexualized role, like while they've been able to kind of ascend that stuff and just be seen as black men, whether sometimes it be just niggers, they are able to just be seen identifiably as the niggers. While black women still have this very intrinsic, um, symbiotic relationship with Putting, you know, putting wound care on our enemies and the enemy in this situation is the system of white supremacy. So it's like, I, I'm not really, mm, mm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not too, I, I'm just, I, I just don't like, you know how when you were in school, they circle around that picture of all like this black surgeon saving a Ku Klux Klan member. Like, bro, stop that shit. I am, my existence is not to be of service to anyone, especially not to someone who is actively trying to injure me or harm me. Once again, that being the system that we all live under. So it's just like, I'm going to thrive. And I'm going to have fun and I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to live the, I'm going to live, you know, like, you know, like a big hefe. I'm not really interested in, once again, being the supporting role in nobody movie. I think that it's time for women, specifically women of African and indigenous descent, to take the center stage as the desirable person, as the desirable thing. As the as the monolith of what it means to be beautiful, what it means to be successful, what it means to be beautiful, successful, and to still have men chasing after you. Because you have you noticed how with with women of color, it's like, yeah, you you like either an acrimony type, a dire of a mad black woman type, or um 
like a Bonnie from two can play that game type. There is is no in-between. There is no in-between. It's like either you got to have it all and be fucking angry because of what it took for you to get there. Or you got to get it all, be a supportive wife through your husband and he dropped you for a white girl, a light-skinned girl. Like, I'm tired of that story. First of all, I'm tired of fucking black men telling that story about us. Once again, we hitting on expectations that are being held up by systems tired of black men telling that story about us because first the fuck off where are y'all getting these stories from because most of all most of the women y'all know single mothers clearing at least seventy thousand dollars a year so where where are these 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 very far out extremes that we go to where it's like like once again you either you know talk to um, P. Henson from Acrimony, or you die of a mad black woman. Losing it all because you got it through a colorist man and then getting your little simple happy with a broke nigga that you met fucking waitressing somewhere. Not interested. Not interested. I don't care if it's Boris Kojo or not or who, 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 um, whoever that little light-skinned nigga is that, the, or that they had them... Um, Lace braids on. <laughs> that fucking lace wig. Oh my god, child. Not Makai Pfeiffer. What's his name? Not Boris Co. I forget. I forget homeboy name. We play on Criminal Minds. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, but no, that's not my path. That's not my path. That's not my path. And there is nothing wrong, and there is no one saying that at any moment you can't change your mind. There's nothing saying that you hear this podcast, you hear me talking my big girl shit, and you like, you know what? I know I've been in school for a year to get my nursing shit, but I'm gonna use that shit to be, I'm gonna use that shit to become a um an anesthesiologist and be graduating making two hundred and fifty fucking thousand dollars. Diary of a mad black woman that, and then you can boss around the nurses. So it's just. I, I'm just not understanding. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand how women continue to get so short, specifically black and brown women continue to get so short. And I, and I, I know how it's because we have, we have all the expectations of the world shining down on us. Don't nobody expect the white woman to do a goddamn thing. Let me tell you. Princess of the world privilege. I know y'all done heard that before. Don't nobody expect a, a white woman to do fucking nothing but show up and be white. Maybe drop a tear or two. Why is that not the expectations of me? I'm all American just like she is. I'm, I'm all American apple pie just like she is. Shouldn't nobody be expecting me to do a goddamn thing but be black? American and die. Everything else that I do for this world is a luxury. Don't let this new age spirituality shit fool you and have you all bound up, tied up to people you don't know and who do not care about you. A lot of the people that y'all fighting for in these social justice wars would not piss on you if you were on fire for them. Yet alone have something going on in your own backyard and you need the help of these people to help you. It's not worth it. I would strongly reconsider, first of all, 
what happened to going to college and getting a job that you wanted to get for you? Now it seemed like the cool thing is, is for you to go to go to school and get a job that's going to benefit everybody else and leave you in the dust. Are we going to have some type of work um, combination of all of us paying off each other's student loans? Because if not, I'm kicking it like the Asians kicking it and going to school for what I want to do. It's going to pay my bills, make sure my family eat. And there's a deeper conversation that can be had about the expectations placed on black people on in this country alone. But I'm trying to stray away from race in general because it is a man-made construct put in this system to stratify people. It is not real. But the, the, um, the consequences of this unreal system are very real. So I'm trying to stay away from race conversations in general. But what I do want to say is the consequences of this system that it's had, especially on black and brown women, crazy, crazy. And I'm just so glad that I've awoken and I've woken myself up and I'm trying to help wake up other people because it's just like, wouldn't it be nice if we had more black women who made their own teas? Wouldn't it be Nice if we had more black female um, avant-garde designers. Wouldn't it be nice if we had more black female um, fashion interns? And it's crazy because you hear these stories of black people who do it. And they, they always talk about how they was the only people there. But I'm like, were you the only person there because you were the only one qualified? Of course not. You're the only person there because you're the only, you're the, you're, you were probably one of the only black people who thought that you could do it. Because we have the whole world telling us what we should be doing, what jobs we can get. Either rapper, football player, basketball player, up. If it ain't that, it's going to be business management, up. If it ain't that, it's going to be nursing, psychologist, teacher. And if it ain't that, you probably don't even have a degree. So now my question is, your dream job Can you not do it because you honestly can't do it? You don't have the tools. You don't have the connections. You have, you, you tried. It just don't work. Or can you not do it because people have made you think that you can't do something? Even our own parents. Cause I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. A lot of our parents didn't live a 10th of their dreams, not even a 10th of their dreams. So if you think that your parents love you so much that they're going to egg you on and support you to do something that they weren't able to do in this world, that's not human nature and not real. The likelihood of someone supporting you to do something that they could not do because, and then the, one of the reasons why they couldn't do it was you very low. Don't count on your parents to help you support you and tell you to go, go out and do what's best for you. Don't count on them to do that. They're going to say that out of their mouths, but do they really mean it? Absolutely not. And to want them to mean it, not realistic. You wasting a lot of time. You wasting a whole bunch of time you can be spending on doing whatever the fuck you want to do. Your friends, you really can't count on them to tell you to do anything. Because what I realize is a lot of my friends are stuck in their own cycles of expectations. And they're not, they haven't realized what it is that they want to do. Even a lot of the people I know who are successful who had in court waves, they're not doing what the fuck they really want to do. 
They're not doing what they're passionate about. They caught a wave. And the wave is providing them with the nourishment that they need. It's either providing, it's paying their bills or it's providing them with a, a nigga or a bitch who's paying their bills or providing them with fame that they need for their egos. But don't even, don't get caught up in them and what they're doing. Don't get caught up in the fact that you see them accomplishing something and it look like they're doing what they're passionate about. We all have our roles that have been given to us, that have been served to us on a platter since we've been born. Those are just the roles that they caught Either way, halfway through, in the beginning, in the end, and they're just fulfilling that role. There are very few people on this planet who are actually taking the chance to go out there and do exactly what it is that they want to do. So do not be fooled. You are not behind. You have not been left behind. You are doing what most of us are doing, which is just doing what everybody else is doing or doing what we think people want us to do that's going to create more like for us. Let me tell you something. Throw away wanting to be liked. Throw away that notion. On this journey of self-discovery and doing what the fuck you want to do, it's very rare that some people going to be walking around liking you. Now, will you be exuberant? Will you attract a lot of people? Absolutely. Will these people leave liking you? Maybe not. Because I don't think they realize that's what's attracting them to you is not your personality. It's the air of you doing whatever the fuck you want to do. And that's been the, the catch-22 of my existence. People always think that... I think it really trip people out when they get to know me. And they're like, I don't like this bitch. Yeah, you don't like me. You thought that you were going to like me when I'm doing something complete opposite of what everyone else in your life has ever done? No, you're not going to fucking like me. You were not attracted to me because you liked me. You were attracted to me because I represent freedom. Just like a character in a movie. It's a whole bunch of characters in the movies. that You know the reason why you don't like that motherfucker? is because he is not bound by the invisible morals that the main character is bound by. So in, in, in all actuality, we, like the main, we don't like the main character because what they're doing. We like the main character because they're doing what we would do if we were in that position. Because we too are slaves to morality and slaves to other people's perceptions. Instead of just doing whatever it is that the fuck that we want. And and what is anyone going to do besides say that they don't like you? And what do you care about a whole bunch of people who are not happy walking around talking about how much they don't like you? These are all really good things to ponder, I know. Because as I'm saying them, I'm even thinking about them like, damn, that's true. What do I have to lose from a whole bunch of bitches telling me they don't like me when I don't know the case of their minds? I can guess. Just based off the, 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 the temperature, just taking the temperature in the room, the room being the world, I can guess what people's heads is like. And ain't no telling what the bitches who got it all heads is like. Because when you got it all, it's very rare that you know, think that you got it all. It's just like drowning. <laughs> that pool, that real full pool, start to feel real empty when you drown in. And I, and, and you know, these are all. This is more. This is turning more into a philosophical discussion. But I do want to keep it on the motivational tip of. This is not a journey of self. This is not a journey of self like. And I realize that. And I wish that these gurus. And this this is how I know that these spiritual people are fucking full of shit, bro. Spirituality is a fucking sham. And I know I say that. I say it every podcast. But I'm going to say it fucking again. New age spirituality is a sham. 
Because they sell you this false dream and this false ideal that self-discovery means that when you, when you, when you discover more about yourself, that, that people are going to like you more and you're just going to have all these people surrounding you and you have all these friends and all, all these men. And that's not, that's not what self-discovery is. Now, I can say the more that I discover about myself, the more that I love, I love myself. That's true. But it's been a lonely road. And I, and at this point, I prefer it to be that way because other people's shit, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with my friend's bullshit, especially when the answer is clear. And I know if it's clear to me, it's clear to them. I don't have any, I don't have time for any more hindsight 2020s. I'm not going to miss out on another year of my life dealing with perpetrating or acquiring fucked up friends. Now, if you're my friend now and you fucked up, I'm going to stick it out with you. But am I going to be all up in your face? No, because I don't have time for that. And I don't owe you anything. If there's anything that you can walk away from this podcast with, I, the first one I wanted to, you don't owe nobody shit, bro. And if, you, and if you're in constantly in exchanges, because this is something I have to tell to myself. I'm also the time in exchanges with people who are doing things for me because they expect me to do something back for them, I still don't give a fuck. Because don't do nothing for me if you expect me to do something back for you. If I do something for you, it's going to be because I want to do it for you. And I don't expect you to do a goddamn thing for me. If you're constantly in those exchanges, you're going to constantly be pressed with expectations. You're going to feel them shits. So just minimize your, your interaction with them type of people minimize your interaction with people who are only doing something for you because they either want to hold it over your head and use it as a power trip or they want you to do do something back for them. Minimize that. Unless you all have articulated out a relationship that is going to be symbiotic like that, that's going to be dependent upon you all doing things for one another, exit because one, they're showing you that they're manipulative because they're not going to just come out and say, hey, I want this to be a relationship where I do this for you and you do this for me. That would be the grown-up thing to do. But then, two, you're not dealing with a grown-up. And so because now, I, because now I know myself so well and I know what my likes are and my dislikes are, whenever I feel like this little, these intrusive thoughts or, you know, a, a little voice that's telling me and suggesting something to me or talking down on me, I'm just like, no, that's programming. That's programming. That's previous programming, but we got a new programmer. We have a new sheriff in town and I'm taking the driver's seat. So nobody tells me what the fuck I'm going to do. Because if there was someone meant to tell me what the fuck I was going to do, if I was meant to get divine guidance, quote unquote, there would be a burning bush. Don't listen to that bullshit. Don't you ever step outside of the driver's seat of your fucking life. And if you make a mistake, then you can say that it was your fucking mistake. And when you get them big wins, you can say that it's your big wins. But taking yourself out the driver's seat and putting yourself in the passenger seat, like a lot of these spiritual and self-help workshops and gurus and stuff will tell you, is dangerous. Because what you're doing is you're saying, I trust that this system is going to take care of me. No. We can't be practicing new age spiritual techniques in an old world, old evil, old white supremacy system, old capitalism system. You need to be operating in them olds. And then when the system changes, then we can change the way that we go about relating to and interacting with one another. But as far as I'm concerned, Zara Shelton is going to stay in the driver's seat.
because I know what's best for me. Don't know spirit, don't know God, don't know guru, don't know book, don't know coach, don't know therapist, don't nobody know what's best for Zara except for fucking Zara. And if that makes Zara stubborn, guess what? Zara, Zara old stubborn ass going to be 60, 70 years old sitting in Mount Fuji with her glass house sitting outside drinking a green tea eating a, 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 eating a mochi bowl. Why everybody else still praying on abundance and praying for this and praying for that and trying to manifest this and manifest that and manifest this. I don't have time for that shit. I don't have time for that shit no more. I spent the better part of the last four years trying to manifest some shit. And the only things that manifested were the things that I just got up and did my fucking self. Go figure. Because if my calculations are correct, the vibrational frequency of this planet is not high enough because I know all of our thoughts surmised into one ain't, ain't a whole bunch of good thoughts. So we can't be operating on no new age shit. It would be impossible. It would be impossible for it to work. By, by, by quantum theory standards. So you keep your eye on your prize. You keep the eye on the prize. No, I don't agree with capitalism. Yes, I think it's a fucked up system. But are you going to be poor in this fucked up system? Or are you going to go out here and get you some money? You going to be in the in-between in this fucked up system? You in between fighting for social justice and then you on the opposite end trying to get money from the companies. That's called double dealing. And that don't make you too honorable either. So your little self-righteous horse is getting smaller and smaller by the second. You better off just going and getting to your money. And and not even getting caught up in the in the in the in the, the rigmarole. Don't make it an internal struggle. Don't be on no corporates no no corporate channel talking no bullshit. Go get to your money. I mean, if, if that's what we're gonna do, that's what we're gonna do. Now, should we all be oblivious to social issues? Absolutely not. I am all for talking about sensitive topics, but am I going to put my neck? out there for social issues absolutely not because i'm gonna keep it a buck with you a lot of social issues didn't start to affect me until i started thinking that they were which leads me to believe once again invisible system with very real consequences just like spirituality is an invisible system with some real consequences. And I don't think anybody on this planet is mentally healthy enough to be fucking around with spirit guides and spirit ghosts. So I leave all that shit to the new age uh, hippie bitches who ain't never left, uh, uh, never left Berkeley. They can pray to a dog with three legs and five eyes. Because mommy and daddy got three leg, five eye money. We don't have that luxury. So put down the Bible, put down your parents, put down the handbook that, you know, our ghetto parents ripped for us. Put down all the stuff that you learned. Clear your mind of everything that you ever learned and start teaching yourself what it is that you're going to do to get what you want out of this world. Don't worry about nobody else. Don't worry about what you would. Don't worry about who else is going to be affected on your way up. That's for them to worry about. But in this fucked up capitalistic system, it's every man for themselves. And I'm tired of black women and brown women being left out of that conversation because we too worried about what the fuck everybody else is doing. 
So once again, we are going to walk away from this podcast understanding that it is okay that we have changed our minds. And with that, I will say, I love you. Farewell.